reading of God's precious word. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brethren. And Judah begot Phares and Zerah of Tamar, and Phares begot Esram, and Esram begot Aram. And Aram begot Aminadab, and Aminadab begot Naasan, and Naasan begot Salmon, and Salmon begot Boaz of Rahab. And Boaz begot Obed of Ruth, and Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David the king, and David the king begot Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah. Let's skip all the way down to verse 16. And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. In these verses, verses 1 through 6, and verse number 16, uh, we meet in this lineage, in this ancestry of the Lord Jesus Christ, some women. Women are not usually listed in the chronology of families, but in verse 3, there's Tamar. Oh, a wicked sinner who came to God by grace. And in verse 5, Rahab, the harlot who got saved by grace. Ruth, the Moabites, outside the covenant of God, a stranger got saved by grace. And in verse 6, Bathsheba, who had committed an adulterous affair, but by the grace of God was forgiven and restored. Grace, grace, grace. Grace is my story. All the way from here to glory. Amen. And in verse 16, we meet a young lady by the name of Mary. Today, we've been preaching a series called Ornaments of Grace. And we'll look in verse 16 about finding favor with God. Finding favor with God. Father, would you help us to preach the word today in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit? Would you cleanse us of sin, empty us of self, fill us with your spirit, help us to preach, God, to your people and to these fall that may not be saved, that they might be saved before it's everlasting too late. And for this we pray in Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I'm turning over now to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, we're talking about Mary. In the book of Luke, chapter number 1, and in verse number 26, the Bible says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent unto God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Verse 27, To a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Verse 28, and the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, that is a greeting. Thou art thou that are highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Verse 29, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son 
and shalt call his name Jesus. Here's a young lady by the name of Mary. She has found favor with God. As I begin to study the word of God, if you're going to find favor with God, you need to be fully committed to his son, Jesus Christ. You need to worship him. You need to revere him. You need to serve him. You need to live a life exhibiting mercy and truth. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 4, so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God. Mary was committed to serving God. Oh yes, I am aware that the world mocks and laughs at the idea of the virgin birth. I am also very aware that the devil hates the idea of the virgin birth because it teaches both the humanity and the deity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Worse than the mockery of the world and the hatred of Satan is the ignorance of Christians about the virgin birth. Many so-called Christians doubt it. Many Christians simply do not believe it at all. Some think, well, it's merely incidental. But if you take away the virgin birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you destroy the foundation of Christianity. Amen. Jesus was not the Son of God because He was born of a virgin. He was born of a virgin because He was the Son of God. Amen. When I look at our text, I see four things. Number one, there is the special mention of His birth. In verse 26, we see the angelic descent. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth. The angel Gabriel is the angel who brings glad tidings. He's always sharing good news. It is a assured destination. He is coming to the city of Nazareth. Nazareth is a very unlikely place. It is a place of people who are struggling. It is corrupt because it is tread under the feet by Gentiles. It's a place of separation that say, can any good thing come from Nazareth? He comes to an appointed delegate. He comes to a virgin, a spouse to Joseph. The virgin's name was Mary. Mary, the Bible would tell us in the book of Luke, she is of the lineage of King David. She's living in poverty, in peasantry. She is poor. She is lowly. She is insignificant. She's going to be marrying David, who is also out of the house of David. He is a common carpenter. Mary, in an unlikely place, is a very unlikely person. She is chosen by the grace of God. An unlikely candidate selected for God's service. May I say, so are you. An unlikely candidate chosen to serve God. Amen. May I say in Ephesians chapter 1 and in verse number 6, my Bible says, He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. Amen. Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. She was pure. She was poor. She was privileged. Verse 28, hail that greeting. Hail, thou art highly 
favored. What does that mean, preacher there? The Lord is with thee. That means greetings to the one that is accepted by God. Greetings to the one that is accompanied by God. Greetings to the one that is appreciated by God. May I say this morning, if you'd come in the house of God and if I'd given you a proper welcome today, child of God, I would have said greetings to the one that's accepted by God. That's you. Greetings to the one that's accompanied by God. God is with you. Greetings to the one that's appreciated by God. Well, hallelujah. All these things, when the angel makes this pronouncement, my Bible says in verse 29, she's troubled. Look at it, verse 29. She's troubled at that saying. She's disturbed. Preacher, she's just afraid of the angel. That She's in the presence of holiness and she's afraid. I'm just gonna say this. She's thinking, who am I that I should be chosen? Who am I that God would pick me? I'm unworthy. I'm undeserving. This is unexpected and I am unexplained. There's nothing special about me, God. Nothing commendable about me, God. God, look at me. I am not up to the task that you have called me to. Well, hallelujah. And when she begins to deliberate about her unworthiness, and I'm not up to the task, she, she begins to reason. She, she begins to think, there's no way I can do this. Fear begins to dawn in her heart. And when she begins to fear, the angel gives an amazing declaration he says, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. That's the second time she's been told she has found favor with God. Favor with God. What is that? It means grace. Favor with God. What does it mean? It means blessings, amen. Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. The Holy Ghost is going to overshadow her and she will bear the Son of God. Look in verse 38. Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. What did she do? It's a blessing to be chosen to do this. But will you hear me for a second? With the blessing of God comes the burden. Think with a minute. Think with me for a minute. It's a blessing for Mary to bear the Christ child. It'll be a burden to bear that child in scorn and humiliation. She is going to be whispered about. She is going to be opposed on every avenue of her life. Her life just became complicated. She goes and tells her fiance, Joseph, the Holy Ghost has selected me to bear the Christ child and I'm going to have a baby. And immediately he says, I'm canceling the wedding. You lying, girl. Mary never asked to carry this baby. Her plan was to marry Joseph and start a family. And the people mocked her and said, she's a liar. She's a, ought to be living in shame. And they began to ridicule her and scorn her. And it tainted her reputation. Why did God choose her? Why? did the favor of God fall upon her? I think a couple things. I think God chose her because he knew he could trust her to carry the burden without complaining. Can I say that again? God chose her 
to carry the burden without complaining. I want to tell you, you blessed of God, finding favor with God. Woo! Get in that line. But with the blessing comes a burden. And that burden, God is counting on her to be uncomfortable for a season to carry out God's purpose. I don't know what you're going through. My wife has multiple sclerosis. Maybe maybe there's death in your family. Maybe there's a diagnosis in your family. Maybe, Maybe there's a severe problem in your family. And you look at it right now and you say, this is not a blessing. This is a tremendous burden. But could it just be that God chose you to carry this burden? Because he's trusting you to bear up as a Christian and to bring him glory and to continue serving him without complaining, without trying to get out of it, without always trying to adjust your situation and blame it on others. No, no, no. Mary's just serving God. Will you remain prayerful? Will you remain faithful when you're under the burden which will turn out to be your biggest blessing in life. You are, listen, you are filled with the Holy Ghost even now if you're saved. God has given to you can-do power. It's in you right now. Will you look at me for a second? I want to tell you something. That's no accident. God's calling. And I was going to tell you something right now. God said he can count on you. Paul and Silas were arrested for preaching. They were told off. They were beaten. They were arrested. They said, we don't want you men of God around here. Get out. And there's slight stripes down their back. Blood and pain they're going through. And in the midnight hour, God said, I can count on them boys. What's what they're going to do? I blessed them to preach, but I've got them a burden of being cast out. What's what they're going to do? In the midnight hour, they started singing praises to God and began to pray and sing in God's face. And God sent an earthquake to a jail cell. Hey, God said, I can count on you. God said, I can count on Mary. If you're going to find favor with God, God says, I can count on you. I'm giving you can-do power. Somebody, you've got a giant to fight. Nine feet tall. Man, look at him. I'm going to run. I'm going to cower in fear. There's a cancer. There's a diagnosis. There's a, well, it's a giant in my life. David looked at the giant and said, bless God, he's too big to miss. My God is bigger than the giant. I keep running across this thought this week all, all week long. Is your God big enough? My God is big enough, amen. The special mention of his birth. We love the blessings, but we resist the burdens. If you want God to trust you with a blessing, can he trust you to carry the burden? Mary was blessed, but he trusted her to carry the burden. If you're saved today, he's privileged you to carry Jesus in your heart and in your life each and every day. There's the special mention of his birth. Hey, has Jesus been born in your heart? 
Have you called on him? Did you get born again? Was Jesus now on the, on the throne of your soul in your life? I got to move on. Number two, there is the sacred mystery of his birth. Verse 31 again. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. Verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? She says, I'm a virgin. I've never had any relation with a man. And I'm not going to anytime soon. Verse 35, the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Jesus was born of a virgin. And God is the father of this baby. The virgin birth, the sacred mystery of his birth, the virgin birth allowed Christ to be human, yet the son of God. Now, let me say this. Because of his virgin birth, Jesus did not inherit the sin nature of a man. Through Adam, we all have a sin nature. My, my, my little grandbaby, we won't have to teach her how to lie. We won't teach her to be selfish and say it's mine, mine, mine. Because those things come natural because she is a child of Adam. All of us, we have a flesh nature. Is it okay if I say that? But because, listen now, because Jesus was sinless and because, oh boy, and only because he was sinless could he die for the sins of the world. That's the only way it would happen. <clears throat> he had to be sinless to redeem us. He had to be God to redeem us. He had to be a man to redeem us. He had to be the sinless son of God to redeem us. And he was through the virgin birth. If he was not human born, he could never have been our savior. You see the blood in a baby's body, when it's in a mother's womb, the blood of the baby is entirely separate from the mother. You, some people's going to get mad at me, this woke crowd especially, but you see the baby has its own individual life inside the mother's womb. It does not take blood from the mother. Oftentimes you'll see a baby have a different blood type than its mother. Because it gets its own blood from the Father. You see, Jesus, born of a virgin, didn't inherit his mother's blood, but he got blood from the Father, which is the Holy Ghost of God. Preacher Darren, I just can't understand that. How? I mean, biologically, it's impossible. I mean, physically, Preacher Darren, it's impossible. These things just don't compute scientifically. It's unsupportable. Well, I have an answer for you in verse 37. Get your Bible. Here it is. Here's the answer. Verse 37. For with God, nothing 
shall be impossible. You didn't have any problem with the fact he created heaven and earth and all that is. You didn't have any problem believing he created Adam and Eve. Well, preacher, no, preacher dear, and I believe we come from a, from a tadpole. We swam ashore and our tail fell off. We got up and started walking around. That's why we're here. Well, then poor old tad, they ain't no more tadpoles then, are they? Oh, preacher, then I think we came from monkeys. All oh, them poor old monkeys in the zoo. Can't be, it ain't fair. They didn't get what we got. Amen. I'm just telling you, it's impossibility what you're talking about. It's easy to explain. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. He's creator God. He can do whatever he wants to do. Oh, preacher, then I just don't understand it. You said it's a sacred mystery. I just don't understand it. Well, let me, I'm going to tell you all something. I don't understand how a brown cow eats green grass and gives white milk, and when you churn it, it turns to yellow butter. But it sure is good. I don't understand how electricity works exactly, but I'm not going to sit in the dark until I figure it out. I'm just going to accept that Jesus came to this earth born of a virgin, that he got his blood from his father. He is fully God, and yet he's fully man. That's the only way you and I could have ever been saved is through the virgin birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 3.16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness that God was manifest in the flesh. But preacher Darren, I have such difficulty believing this. Honey, I'll tell you what. It should not be difficult to believe this. You know what your real difficulty is? Your real difficulty is your God's too small. If you'd believe the God I serve, you'd believe Jesus was virgin born. You'd believe he created all. You'd believe he died on the cross. You'd believe. Preacher Darren, you're living in a fantasy world. Yet I'm going to a fantasy world called heaven and I can't wait to go there. Amen. Thirdly, I think about the saving ministry of his birth. Verse 31 again. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. You know what Jesus means? Jehovah saves. Hallelujah. He, the, the angel told Joseph, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sins. The angel told Mary, His name is Jesus the Savior. The angel told Joseph, His name is Jesus the Savior. The, the, the angel came to the shepherds and said, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He's the Savior. Amen. Oh, I was going to leave this part out, but the Holy Ghost says I'm going there. So here we go. Isaiah chapter 7. We're adventuring off in the dark water. Here we go. See if the Lord will give us some light. Isaiah 7. Get your Bible. Isaiah 7. We're talking about the saving ministry of his birth. He was born to die. He was born to be raised again. He was born to save us. In Isaiah chapter 7, we meet a king by the name of Ahaz. He has two kings, Rezin and Pekah. Boy, that'd scare me to death too if Rezin and Pekah was after me and all their people. And he's scared absolutely. The Bible says in verse number two that his heart was moved and the heart of his people as the trees of the woods are moved with the wind. They're trembling, shaking in fear because two kings are about to attack them. Now, God says in verse three, Isaiah I want you to go see Ahaz the king. Verse 4, he says, Say unto him, Take heed, be quiet, 
neither be faint-hearted for the two firebrands, uh, the two tails of these smoking firebrands for the fierce anger of resin with Syria and of the son of Remaliah. Look, look with me in verse number 7. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. God said, listen, don't be afraid of them. They're never going to be established. I'm in charge. I control you. The man of God, Isaiah, he says in verse 10, Moreover, the Lord spake again unto Ahaz, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz says, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. Oh, doesn't he sound so pious and so religious? God bless him. And he said, Hear ye now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isn't that beautiful? Preacher there, what's it saying? Is the Bible saying right there that God is going to send his son to rescue Ahaz? Listen now. Ahaz is surrounded by sinners and it looks like the nation of Israel and of Judah, they're going to be destroyed. What on earth are they going to do? I think the key is found in, with me in verse number 3. Then said the Lord unto Isaiah, Go forth now to meet Ahaz, thou and Shear Jasub thy son. Now, can you just imagine? Oh, he had to leave with the baby. That's a shame. Can you just imagine that God says, Isaiah, I want you to take your infant son, Sheer Jasub, and go see King Ahaz. And he goes down there with that little baby to give him a little. Ahaz, God says resin and Pekah's not going to stand. God's going to take care of you. Judah's not going to be defeated. God's going to help us through this time. Just wait and see. God's going to establish Judah forever. Just ask a sign. He'll show you. Ahaz says, I don't need a sign. I, I don't even really want a sign. I'm not really serving the God you serve. I don't know that I can trust him or can I believe him. Look at verse six, 16. For before the child, speaking about the baby's got in his arms here, Jasim, before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that thou abhorrest shall be forsaken of both her kings. Before this baby grows to the age of accountability, how old do you think that is? Some people says 5, 7, 12, 18. I don't know, it's different for everybody. But God said before that baby comes to the age of accountability, God will have defeated Pekah and Rezin. Not only will they not come to Israel, but God's going to whoop the tarnation out of both of them. He's going to establish Judah. And God said, on top of that, there's coming a day that there's not. My wife and I had this baby, Sheer Jessup. But I'm going to send a day that a virgin is going to conceive and bear a son. And his name will be Emmanuel, which is God with us. And he will defeat sin, <laughs> Satan, storms, sickness. Hallelujah to God. He will defeat all things. 
if you would but turn to him. Woo! Hey, there is the saving ministry of his birth. If Jesus had not been virgin born, I couldn't stand here today and tell you I've been saved by the grace of God. Hallelujah to God, amen. Now go back with me to our text. We're going back to the book of, the book of Luke. Back to the book of Luke. Last point, and I'm going to be done. You say, preacher, thank God for that, amen. Last point, Luke chapter 1, let me find it. There is the sovereign majesty of his birth. Look with me. He says, not only is his name going to be Jesus, verse 32. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. That's amazing. Because here is Mary of the, of the house of David living in poverty. Here is Joseph of the house of David living in peasantry. I mean, no longer is the house of David considered to be royal by people upon earth. But since when did we listen to what people on earth, what they have to say? I'm not listening to what the world has to say. I'm reading what God has to say. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. <laughs> Jesus is so much the son of God that he's just like his father. And there he stands. Hallelujah. Jesus in human flesh. Now there are religions that don't believe in the virgin birth of Jesus. Plain and straight, listen to me very clearly. Jesus is the Son of God, plain and sure. He is the babe lying in the manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes with his toes touching the straw. He is the Son of God, come to give you favor and grace. There was a, a man uh, in England, true story. He had uh, them little terrier dogs. They were real feisty. And they had a running bet as to which one of their terriers could kill the most of them wharf rats that they have there in London. And this one man bet hundreds of dollars, everything he had, that his dog was the toughest. His dog, they turned 25 rats loose. And that dog killed and killed and killed and killed, but he couldn't kill them all. And he certainly didn't kill the most. And the man lost everything he had. After it was over, he took that dog and he kicked it. And he kicked it again. You sorry, good for nothing, mutt. Can't believe you'd cost me everything. And he picked him up by his tail and he threw him. And then he picked him up again and he was close to the zoo and he threw him over a wall. Good riddance. But when he did, he fell into the cage with the lion. And the lion comes over and you'd think, fresh meat. But the lion comes over and sees this animal bleeding, bloodied, being screamed and yelled at, laying there trembling after falling over the wall. And the lion puts his paw on the dog and looks up at the man. The zookeeper comes by. He says, who on earth threw that dog down there? The man said, I did. No good mutt. I bet I want my dog back. 
I was upset and frustrated, but, but I just did it out of anger. I want my dog back. The zookeeper pretended not to hear him. He said, didn't you hear me? I said, I want my dog. That's my dog. I demand you're the zookeeper. You give me my dog back. The zookeeper went down to the cage and unlocked it and said, it's open. You go right ahead. Get your own dog. You see, that's where I was. The devil had his way with me. He kicked me. He beat me and he cussed me and he left me and he threw me over the fence as if I was good for nothing. But I fell in the lion's cage. He put his paw on me. There I was maimed, berated by sin. But he came that he might give me life. Now the lion looks at the one who tried to dominate my life and says, I dare you try it again. <laughs> I'll tear you limb from limb, says my lion. He that took my sin upon himself, he that came to take my sin, he that came to give me victory, he that came to give me salvation. I'm telling you, there's the special mention of his birth. There's the, the sacred mystery of his birth. Honey, I'm telling you, he has a majesty like no other majesty. And he'd save you today if you'd but let him. I laid underneath that pew on Tuesday night and God said, there are people that you're going to come in contact with that need to be saved. They're going to come into your church for Christmas and for all these services and just because someone invited them. But when you get them there, you tell them about me. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And I'm trusting him. You stand to your feet. Maybe there's some Christians here. Maybe there's somebody say, preacher, I want to thank God for the virgin birth of my Savior. He came to take my sin. He came to claim me back from what Satan had done to me. Thank God for my Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank God for His majesty. Folks are coming. Maybe there's somebody. You're under the sound of my voice, and I'm not going to embarrass you. You can trust me. Maybe there's somebody. You'd say, Preacher Darren, I thought I got saved when I was eight. But I've sure not lived it, preacher. Preacher Darren, I thought I went to church way back when. And I want to ask you a question. How do you know you're going to heaven? Oh, preacher, I was born in America. Look around. It's not a Christian nation anymore. Oh, preacher Darren, I got good parents. Look around. Brian could not get back in the house because he had good parents. Brian could not get back in the house because he had a good church. Brian got in by the grace of God. Well, preacher, you're not thinking you'll just let me in then at the last second. Honey, he's trying to do it right now. He's just asking you, would you come through the door? He's opening it right now. Would you let Jesus in? Your head's bowed. Nobody's looking. Nobody. Is there somebody here? You'd raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to be saved.
this Christmas, I want to know that I'm going to heaven. I want to be saved. Is there anybody? Is there any preacher I want to be saved? This day will be called up against you. He'll say, you remember that day I asked you and you said no. So depart from me. I never knew you. You rejected me. I reject you. Honey, don't reject him. He came to receive you, not to reject you. Preacher, I need to be living right, honey. Listen, you get in right where you are, right now. When, when, when it looks like the devil has his way, right now, would you slip up your hand and say, Preacher, I want to be saved. I'm telling you, God's not a liar. I believe in today. He spoke to somebody. Would you be honest with God? Raise your hand. Write back down, anybody. Once, twice, three times I've asked you. Father, this morning, I praise your holy name. What a Savior you are. Lord, I thank you, Father, for coming to this earth. Born of a virgin, the Son of God, wrapped up in a baby skin. The Son of God in human flesh. The sinless Son of God to be our sacrifice on Calvary. Father, I thank you for the sinless life, the death, the sacrificial death of our Savior. But death could not hold Him. (laughs) Victory and triumph belongs to Him. Lord, today, I thank you, Father, where sin had maimed me. (laughs) And it looked like it had defeated me. I was thrown about, cast off, tossed over. (laughs) But the lion came to me, and he rescued me. (laughs) He could have torn me. He could have killed me. But he loved me. Lord, today I ask your blessing upon everyone bound. Father, I believe that there are those today they found favor with you and you've given them a place of blessing. But God, there's a burden that they carry. God, it's what they bow. They bow to praise you, but they bow to say, Lord, I still need you. Help me, Lord, to bear the burden to be committed to your Son in Jesus' name. Help us, Lord. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.